The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So probably this will be the last more introductory talk for the Satipatthana Sutta, the discourse on the four foundations for awareness, the foundations upon which we can grow a particularly valuable form of awareness. awareness. And um, the text begins with um, this uh, confident statement that there is a direct path, a direct way, a direct journey to, um, and the word, the word is maybe more like a going, a direct going to, um, to freedom, to liberation. And what is this direct way? The text asks. And then it, then the Buddha then describes it. And in shorthand, he first says, um, uh, uh, to observe the body in its own terms, the body in terms of a body, to know feelings in terms of feelings, to know mental states in terms of mental states, and to know mental processes in terms of mental processes. And this word, in terms of, uh, in, in the literal uh, language, it says, it's, if you really did a literal translation, it would say, uh, the body in the body, the feelings in the feelings, mind states in mind states, and mental processes in mental processes. But this, uh, this word in, or this, the, the grammatical form that gives us in, can also mean in, in terms of, in regards to, in respect to. And the usual interpretation for this is that uh, the observation is meant to be very simple. Uh, and the word observe here is such an important one. Our ability to kind of settle back in a nice, comfortable, easy chair and just uh, see what's happening without judging it or fixing it or doing anything with it. This kind of very spacious and peaceful way of just to watch, just to see. And, um, and to do so, it, uh, the body, in terms of the body, meaning not in terms of our judgments, in terms of our memories, in terms of uh, the other mind states, uh, in terms of mental processes, just a sim- radical simplicity being with the body. So to observe it, that's the way to do it. But I use the example of sitting in an ar- easy armchair and just kind of watching it as a kind of... As a, reference point for it. But the uh, text actually says uh, to do it ardently. And I love the word ardent. To do it with certain kind of engagement, like really there. And then, um, and do it with awareness. And do it with a clear comprehension, clear recognition of what's happening. Having uh, put aside Covetousness, covetousness and distress for the world. Now, suddenly it becomes kind of a tall order, this whole thing. I mean, it's not easy to be able to observe without judging, interfering, uh, thinking about things, reacting, uh, let alone being in the present moment. It's not easy to apply a certain kind of healthy, 
peacemaking ardency, and it's not, not easy to maintain a continuity of awareness, a continuity of clear comprehension. And it's not easy to put aside um, the greeds we have, the covetousness, the wantings we have, or the distress we have. And, um, but that's the, uh, so what this text is doing, saying there is a path to freedom, a way you go. This is the way to go to freedom. But uh, maybe recognizing it's not easy to do that. Then the text goes on and offers 13 exercises for how to get there. And the first one is this uh, first tetrad of Anapanasati, is being a, a, attentive to breathing in a certain way, which we'll go through over the next few days. And after that, as, as a person learns this exercise, then that exercise is onward leading. Things move, and there's, you're part of this journey, this ongoing, this going, this movement. And the Buddha's teachings is full of movement. And um, uh, it's not about only about uh, uh, going nowhere, being no one, doing nothing, which is a wonderful teaching in a limited way of understanding it. But it's not the full teaching. The Buddha's teachings are, have this kind of ongoing quality of it. Now, if you uh, went to the playground and there's a child on a slide, on the top of the slide, and you said to the child, oh, let me give you some profound spiritual teaching. Uh, there's nowhere to go, nothing to do, and no one to be. Just sit. <laughs> just sit and do nothing. Um, the, um, the child would just be like perplexed or like a child might be wiser, knows what they're there for. The child's there for the fun of the process of going down the slide. And um, and they're up there to do that. And there's a kind of a kind of a, a they're not greedy for it. They're not maybe, or they're not. It's not. A, it's not like trying to prove themselves to anyone. They're not trying to accomplish any great thing. Like they'd be the best slide maker in the world. They're just going to go down the slide for the fun of the slide. So uh, I use that as a as a reference point for there is a kind of leaning into or into the slide into this onto the slope of mindfulness, of this, of this practice. It's not only about staying exactly where you are and nothing ever changes. Um, the language of change, though, that the Buddha uses that is bhavana, which, as I understand it, means something like to cultivate or to develop. As you would, a farmer would, or a gardener would cultivate a plant or you, a parent would help a child develop by feeding them and treating them well so that in a healthy way they can physically and psychologically develop. The, ch- the parent is not stretching the child so they grow faster. We're allowing a natural process to unfold. So the same way with this mindfulness practice, there's a radical simplicity, being aware of the body in and of itself, being, being aware of breathing, just a simplicity of breathing, knowing it, and being allowing for the possibility that you're on a slide, or there's a growth or development that goes on here. So the text begins with a promise, or a, you know, kind of a, some people call it a promise, that there is a direct way to freedom. The way you do it is observing, there's this very uh, strong, this kind of mature, place of mindfulness to observe the body in and of itself 
feelings, mental states, and mental processes. But the heart of the, te- of the text is then the exercises that it gives. And we'll go through the 13 exercises. After each exercise, there's a refrain, called, usually called a refrain. And that's the part that goes, um, gets repeated over and over again. For those of you who are here Monday when I read the, my, my synopsis of, of this whole process, um, the refrain was represented by uh, the expression observing change in the body abiding, not clinging to anything in the world. And uh, the refrain itself continues a journey. It is actually a four-part journey, a three or four-part journey that is describing and unfolding that goes through observing change in such a way that the awareness gets more and more clarified, purified, simplified until awareness becomes um, 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 kind of lucid. And it's so lucid that then we, then we can relax into it. Then it's kind of like relaxing into a long, wonderful, comfortable slide down a hill. We, we, then the process takes over. And uh, the process of deepening meditation takes over that leads to non-clinging, to freedom. Uh, and um, and uh, so it's important not to be in a hurry to go through all this. It's important not to hopefully to get discouraged. But actually I find it phenomenally inspiring, this idea that the Buddha describes a process of growth, a process, process of unfolding. Uh, we're not expected to be free just quickly, like, okay, like instant enlightenment as some people would like to have it. Um, but rather, there's something very mature and maturing about settling down for the long term and beginning to putting the steady pieces in place of, um, of developing, cultivating, growing awareness, our ability to have be more and more present in the present moment with awareness, with attention, to learn the art of resting in there and opening to it so that it's peaceful, so that it's inspiring, so that it's happiness producing, so that it's, it has, there's a goodness to it that we open up to as we uh, cultivate and develop this simple capacity to be aware. As we go through the text, uh, different um, uh, faculties of attention are called into play at different times. And uh, I think of attention as kind of like the, the um, Swiss army knife of the mind. It has all these different tools that can be used. And so at different times, we learn these different tools and uh, apply them, each of them useful at different times, different circumstances, to help us be present with our experience. And not only be present, but to have the kind of awareness that... Um, is onward leading, that has space in it, peacefulness in it, that's not um, complicated by our expectations and our pushing and our wanting. Uh, It's just kind of like making space for the organic cultivation, organic development, maturation that leads to freedom. Um, And so today the emphasis was Uh, uh, discovering more and more about this quality of knowing, uh, 
recognition and how knowing and rec- recognizing things has a power to it and a beauty to it and a, and a kind of a, a, a peacefulness to it. Um, uh, sometimes to name something is a uh, give some kind of space in the heart, the mind. Oh, it's been named. Oh, it's like that. Yes, that's how it is. Uh, someone might say that you know there's a lot of tension here, and um, in the group, and then oh, you, so someone named it finally. Oh, yes, that's what's happening, and then everyone kind of relaxes a little bit. So, um, so to do that with the breathing, to establish attention, establish awareness with breathing and then to know the breathing. And as we know it, to begin discovering some of the qualities of knowing, or discover how to know, so that knowing is unburdened with all the baggage we carry with us. It's so simple. And to feel the delight, or the peace, or the uh, freedom from the disentanglement from that simple knowing. At first, it might seem like it's nothing. It's like it's what's the big deal? But uh, to um, uh, it's a big deal to develop this capacity to know. Beautiful thing to do. So um, thank you, or Norwegian Mangentak, and uh, molto grazie. So. Um, I look forward to our time tomorrow.